0: Thank you for joining us today on Positively Charged Biz. We are here to motivate, inspire, and support our listeners as they write their life stories. Thank you for joining us today on Positively Charged Biz. My name is Laura Brandeo, and I'm here with my co-host, Tonda Hall. Today, we have an amazing young lady on with us today, a fantastic organization that is doing amazing things. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Our guest is Laura Wood. She is the executive director... Of Kids in a New Groove. She began working at Kids in a New Groove as the program manager in 2013 and has helped the organization grow from serving 30 youth in foster care to its current reach of 185. She not only carries an intimate understanding of the organization, youth in foster care, the music community, But she also has the experience and vision to lead King in a brighter and more musical future. Laura is a member of the One Voice of Central Texas, Grant Professionals Association of Austin and Central Texas Chapter, Association of Fundraising Professionals Austin Chapter, and a founding member of Texas Women for Children. Laura received her bachelor's and master's of science in counseling psychology degrees from Abilene Christina University. She enjoys hiking, going to live music concerts, and eating breakfast tacos every chance that she gets. Well, Laura, welcome so much to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be able to talk with you guys. Awesome.
0: Well. We have to start at the beginning, because that's a great place to tell all of our audience, where did Kids in a New Groove originate? What was the start of it? When was it? And what was the original idea? Because we're going to get to where you are now and where you're going. But let's take Mm -hmm. it back to the beginning.
1: Oh, yeah. This actually is one of my favorite stories to tell, because it is just such a testament to how amazing our founder, uh, Karen Scott, is actually. And so Kids in a New Groove originally uh, came about in 2006, but we were under a different name at the time. Um, our founder, her name's Karen Scott, and she actually was an assistant uh District Attorney for the Juvenile Courts here in Austin, Texas. And so as part of um, her job, she worked with a lot of kids in foster care at the time. And so that's really where the original um, thought Came about was so that she was that was system. that
0: was where she identified the problem. Okay, so that's the yes. origin of that. Okay, so now, yeah, how did then, she it, take it to the next yeah. level to do something?
1: Well, it she's she ended um, up leaving the court system, and she wanted to start a family of her own, and needed to take a, a step right, a step away from that. And so she actually, in between um, her time in the courts and starting Kids in a New Groove, she actually was a band manager for a oh. little while here in Austin. Um, and that's kind of how it all came full circle. She was um, working with the band here, helped get them signed with a major uh, record label, And then ended up, you know, finding out that the music industry is hard and she ended up leaving that and came back to the idea of foster care and just really that need and that importance of working with these kids. So Kids in a New Groove actually was founded as um, Kids in New Digs and it was founded in 2006 and their original concept really was more of an immediate needs uh, nonprofit. And so Kids in New Digs would take collections of like clothing and um, toiletry items and things that kids would need when they were removed from their families and placed into foster care and then um, would help provide, provide those items for them. And it wasn't really until... About three years later that Karen came back to the idea along with her board of music and started doing a lot of research into the powerful effects of music and especially for kids that have been traumatized and gone through Um, the horrific trauma that our students have um, and that is how in 2009 our mission changed to what it is today um, to where we work with uh, central texas youth and foster care providing them with that one-on-one music lessons and mentorship every single week
0: wow that is Uh, yeah go ahead tonda No, I just I love this
2: story. And of course, I I read about the, you know, the um, kids, I call it king because I love that. I love the king too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I read about it and also listened to a couple of podcasts and was just so taken back because I was thinking about it going I love when I think it used, that you had said that, uh, you know, the closing was an immediate need, clothing was an immediate need. But they you you wanted something that would be more rewarding and long-term and a long-term effect Mm -hmm. on the children and so Mm I was like yeah music is one of the it's an outlet for sure for them and Mm -hmm. the idea of one-on-one mentoring and that um, steadiness of whether they go to a different home or not it's still that same person who sees them every week I love that
1: yes thank you and like it really that story just um, is so neat because um, it's also to me shows also on a grander scale how, how things in your life really piece together too yes. um, that you don't really see the full circle sometimes until the end um, and that's what, what makes that story of how we were founded and our history uh, even more powerful to me.
0: Yeah, and, and some of the things, it's funny that as Tonda and I are doing more and more episodes, we're noticing that just as you just said about the piecing together, but we're also finding that there's usually one spark that kind of mm-hmm. makes it all ignite. So as we're continuing down this path, and Karen has now gone from kids in new digs to realizing the connection of the music What's the next step in terms of finding mentors, putting together um, how the program's going to work, Um, just as Tonda had mentioned, assigning one mentor that will follow along with that child um, Mm -hmm. through the progression? Like, how did all of that kind of come together, (laughs) you know, because that's that's a lot. I mean, that is really, I mean, you guys, the thought of, you know, I kept seeing on some of the things that I read that. Regardless of if that child moves from foster home to foster home, the mentor remains to have that consistency of having something that will remain a constant in their life. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and all the way up to
1: age 22. Yeah. That was amazing in itself. Yeah, and really, you know, it was not easy to figure out um, because we actually are the only program in the United States that's exactly like ours, Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, there are a lot of after-school music programs, but there's none that are specific to youth and foster care and specific to them, and that it helps remove the barriers and... Of really transportation, Um, right? Whenever kids kids in a new group first started, you know, we've had, as with most nonprofits, we've had a lot of changes over the past ten years. Um, And originally, whenever she started, um, the lessons happened at a community center, and she thought they thought that that would work, Um, and it it did not. And you know, a lot of it is because. Um, foster parents and legal guardians, they have so many things going on and they have so many appointments that they are already having to take um, these kiddos to that, you know, one more thing it just makes it so much more difficult and adding one more thing to the schedule and so after a few months they, you know, knew that they had to revamp that because no one was coming to, to the lessons every single week and so after a few months it was changed to where the teachers would go to the homes. Um and in the beginning actually they did pay teachers. Um they did that for I guess it was about um three years, four years that they they had paid teachers. Oh. And that model um I guess about three years after kids in a new group was founded in about 2012, whenever they were working on a strategic plan was whenever they realized, you know, that's also not effective. Um, we can't, there's in Texas alone, there's 32,000 kids in foster care and financially. Yeah. It's, um, one of the largest states, um, and, and largest populations, um, California and New York also have high populations of kids in foster care. And if you can imagine, you know, our, our ultimate goal is to reach all these kids and financially it takes about $1,700 per child per year to put through our program. Okay. And so on top of that, and that's without paying teachers. And so with paying teachers, Financially, we knew that we couldn't expand as quickly as we wanted to, and so at the beginning of 2013, which coincidentally was also when I started, um, they switched to the volunteer model, Um, and so that's... That's actually what I got hired, and it was a hey, we just switched our mo- program model. Good luck. <laughs> that must have been that must have been because
0: in your bio it talks about fundraising professionals. That must have been how you got mm-hmm. in there, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, I um. So I actually um, my background is I worked um, at a foster care agency. It okay. was one of those things I actually. I went to college for counseling. I got my master's in counseling, as you mentioned. And that's what I thought I wanted to do until I graduated from grad school. Like most most people, it's like, I'm going to get this degree and then not use it. Um, But I knew I wanted to work with kids. And I actually um, kind of fell into the whole foster care child welfare system and world um, and started working for a national child placing agency here in Austin. And I worked with them for about five years as a director. And I just absolutely fell in love with um, the kids, the parents that I worked with. It's really such a unique population and something that a lot of people don't think about on a daily basis. And those type of kids are the ones that have always had my heart, um, the ones that you know, they deserve that chance, just like every other kid does. And a lot of times, unfortunately, there's so many obstacles um, surrounding them that they they aren't given these opportunities. And so working at that foster care agency as a director for those five years, it really developed that passion within me. And I, knew that I wanted to work in foster care. I knew I didn't necessarily want to do direct care anymore. And when I came across Kids in a New Groove, um, I just absolutely, as many people do, fell in love and connected immediately uh, with the nonprofit. Um, Music really had also, for me, been something that was so important to me growing up and through difficult times that I had in my life that I knew being able to give that gift of music and that creative outlet and all the other benefits that come along with music education and um, being able to give that to these kids you know I knew that it was just something that um, I had to be a part of and so I was extremely lucky and excited and honored to be able to start with them and be entrusted to help grow this program um, as well
0: so so Um, it sounds
1: like you've grown it a
0: lot yeah
2: all the way to 185
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely
1: so how
2: how many total children though have gone through the program
1: um, right now, we're about at about seven hundred wow. kids that have gone through the program and growing rapidly. By the end of twenty nineteen, we're looking at being um, at or at or above two hundred kids in our program.
2: That's awesome. So, Laura, so now how did the, Oh, go ahead, so Tonda. I, Go ahead, Tom. How, how do the children get to you? So, how are they identified and? That's one question. And the other question I have is, is there ever a challenge going into any of the foster homes? So those are just mm-hmm. two things I wanted to see if we could talk about.
1: Yeah, so we work really closely here in Texas. It's called um, the Department of Family and Protective Services and Child Protective Services. Um, I know it's called something different in each state, but um, we work really closely with them Um, to get our referrals for our students. We also work with, there's different private foster care agencies uh, in Central Texas. And um, our program manager, she works to develop relationships with all of them. Um, And really, honestly, our best resource is our current foster parents and current legal guardians and also, the any caseworker or case manager that has had a kid that's been in our program, they tend to refer or talk to the other families and let them know about the good works that we're doing. And um, because we like most most families and caseworkers and case managers have such a great experience in our program that they really, you know, know know the benefits of a kid being involved with it you know the the combination of mentorship every single week plus music lessons it's just something yeah. that really really is so powerful for these kids
2: yeah well and I would guess that if there's siblings in a home and they have a sibling that's going mm-hmm. through to see the positive effect that they would want to do that as well
1: oh absolutely that um, that happens quite Quite often, where a teacher will contact us, our music—we call them our music mentors—instead um, of teachers, and they'll contact us and say, "Well, I've been unofficially, officially giving lessons lessons to so and so's sibling because mm-hmm. they are so excited about it." Um, but you know, they see the sibling sees um, their brother, or sister getting guitar lessons, and getting that one-on-one time and they want part of that too. And they want that joy and confidence that comes with it.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a lot to figure out how they, you know, finding the music mentors that will go into the homes and then finding the mm-hmm. instruments for people to donate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a
0: lot of moving. Yeah.
1: yeah how, do, how yeah. does the
0: instruments, how does that part work, Laura?
1: Of course. So we actually, the rely heavily upon community donations for instruments, Um, and what we do is we have, in the beginning, every single student um, receives what we call a loaner instrument, and actually, I don't think I've mentioned this, but we provide lesson any lesson area so if a student wants piano or violin or flute or voice um, we've even done music production lessons for kids so any anything that they're interested in we find a volunteer teacher for them and so we provide a loaner instrument uh, for the kids through different community donations Um, and then we also have on the other side of that a reward program for our kids so every single one of our students they have individualized goals that they set with their music mentors and after like after about a month they'll get certificate and then candy and then it you know builds up until after about 10 months they go and pick out a brand new instrument of their very own that they get to keep wow and we do that Really, one of the coolest. There's, there's a lot of amazing parts about our program, but I just love um, that aspect. Uh, we partner with a music store in town called Straight Music Company, and so they really help to make it a special event for our kids. And the kid gets to go and you know basically pick out whatever instrument they want. And wow,
0: that's amazing. coming from
1: yeah. A lot of these kids don't don't have anything, you know, they have a, a small suitcase full of things and to be able to have an instrument that they worked hard for and earned is, you know, just They're probably so amazing to be able to facilitate. Oh, yeah. yeah. always have pictures taken of them at the store and those are always the best, you know, being able to see the smile and just the excitement, not only in their smile but in their eyes as well and it's it's pretty wonderful so that's awesome. so now
0: they've you've you've identified the children you've identified the mm -hmm. mentors you have this partnership Mm -hmm. they're working together so Mm -hmm. do they get where do they get to perform like what happens once they start learning and and now they're utilizing these instruments
1: yeah, so we um try to find different performance opportunities throughout the year for our kids in, in different um, in different ways. so we our main performance opportunities are through our fundraisers. And so for us, instead of having a gala, win gala every single year, we do, What's called a King Concert Club, wow. and with yeah, and with that we do quarterly concerts. Um, so we'll have a concert with a larger Austin artist um, that many people in Central Texas will recognize the name of, and then we have student shows. We'll have two or three of our students as the opening acts, and so we've been able to get our students in front of larger Austin artists such as um, Banshee Graves and um, some other larger acts that tour nationally as well so that they get that experience and that build that confidence and are in front of a supportive crowd that, you know, that's always the most amazing thing to be able to see them perform with in front of 200, 250 people and just, you know, the confidence they have that there's the, I'll never, this last concert that we had, um, it was this past September, actually, it was one of my favorite student performances. I mean, I've had tons over the past six and a half years, but um, this one, she was a 10-year-old girl and was performing, actually, um, for her first time on a large stage, and as she gets up there, before she even played, she gets up to the mic and yelled, "I came here for one reason tonight, and that was to gain some new fans." Aww. And you know, being able, being able to have that confidence at that age and what that child do has you, been through. Laura,
0: do you realize mm-hmm. what, how much that changed that person, that child? Because number one, I'm going to tell you from somebody that gets up on stages and speaks and and does stuff in my other Mm -hmm. career, there are so few people, (laughs) so few people that can do that. And for you to Mm -hmm. take a child that is in a foster care program, which is probably one of the most difficult, challenging situations for a child where they feel as if they don't have a home, you know, a constant. Mm-hmm. And then be mm-hmm. able to give them a constant, couple it with music and then build confidence on top of that. That is life changing. Life
1: changing. Oh man, absolutely. And I definitely don't take it for granted what I'm able able to help Facilitate, you know, it's our mentors that make our program. I'm just lucky enough to be able to be trusted to lead it, and my my team will tell you I tear up pretty often good. and pretty much every good. time the kids keep doing that. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it I always tell them I was like the day that I don't tear up is the day I know that I need to figure something out. That's um, right. But it's just something that. I just am always continuously blown away by these kids, and what what they knowing knowing their histories, where yeah. they've come from, and the changes that they've made, you know on stage, a lot of times, you know as the audience, you know that they've been in foster care. And that it's a difficult history, but, you know, obviously for confidentiality reasons, we can't share those stories, but knowing their backstories, it's just so amazing to see what they were, they can do. We had, um, I think it was last year, we had a student that got on stage and played um, You Are My Sunshine on ukulele and sang it, um, which... You know, she was great, but knowing her backstory, um, before that moment, she had been um, placed into foster care and enrolled in our program just six months before um, being on stage with us. And the foster mom was telling me how whenever she was placed in that home um, six months prior to that performance, she did not speak. You know, the only person she would talk to was her sister. She would whisper in her voice, or in her ear, um, and that that was how she talked. She had been through so much as a kid, sure. and, um, you know, our music mentor really helped give her that voice, um, you know, literally and figuratively, and it was just that her performance gave me goosebumps to think that everything that she had overcome in six months, you know, it, it is, you know, we don't claim to be music therapists. We're not music therapists, right. but music is so therapeutic um, in so many different ways. And it's just amazing to see well, um, the changes in these kids because well, of it. Well,
0: I read something on, I think it was on your website that I was blown away with because as we're speaking about, you know, building confidence and watching this transformation of these children, I read a statistic that I have to share with everyone because mm-hmm. I know it blew me away. But it said, for, mm-hmm. the, for the past four years, 100% of eligible King High School students have graduated. This is an amazing accomplishment compared to the national average of 47%.
1: For youth in foster mm-hmm. care. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. We, um, I, our program, man, it, the, our mentors, music, music is proven to change um, the pathway, the brain pathways that have been traumatized um, in these kids. And it helps to create better memory, better attention um, higher IQs, better information processing—the way these kids are able to process information. Um, these music lessons, I mean, they seem like something that is not—it's—it's it's giving them a creative outlet. But you know, as we've said, it's so so much more, and it gives them that opportunity. It gives them the ability to have confidence in themselves that they can do well in school and they can graduate and it's just so amazing to see our students and be able to root for them every year and um, really getting them the foundations that they need so that they can graduate from high school.
0: And and I saw at one point, I think, like, early on, and I don't know what year, but I had seen, like, an early video where the program used to go to 18, I think, and now it goes to 22. Mm -hmm. What was Mm -hmm. the reason for expanding it? And then my second part to that was, have you seen, now that since you guys have been doing this for a while... Have you seen like some success stories of now they're adults and now they're beyond the program? And now, you know, what what are some things that you've seen beyond, you know, after the point of the program?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've over the past couple of years, we've changed a few of those aspects, such as age in the state of Texas. um, they changed. I can't remember how long ago was, but it used to be at the age of 18, a kid in foster care, um, aged out. They didn't have an option. And at 18, they were on their own. And if you can imagine 18 years old, you're nowhere near an adult. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And, um, that was, a large reason for a lot of um, those horrific statistics that you see about kids in foster care dropping out of high school, um, because most kids in foster care do not graduate at 18, unfortunately. Whenever they're in high school, they're moving homes, and if you can imagine, every time you move a home, you're also moving schools, right. and whenever you move schools, every school district has different requirements, so they're losing credits, and it the system pretty much makes it impossible sometimes for these kids to graduate, and so the state of Texas recognized that aspect, and they changed um, their guidelines to where a kid can stay in foster care as long as they're in school, whether that's high school or, a uh, higher education or technical school, um, and, or they have a job, um, they can stay in foster care until they turn 22, um, so that they're, they have somebody and somewhere to turn to. And when that change happened, we also realized the same thing, you know, these kids, a lot of our students end up going to college, um, near, um, in Austin or near Austin, where teachers are able to continue with them. Wow. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of those lessons look different, <laughs> um, you know, teaching a 10-year-old versus yeah. teaching a 20-year-old. Um, and it's more whenever it's kids that are in college, it's more of checking in like, hey, did, did you eat this week? Do you have a right. place to live? Do you, How's transportation going? What's going on with your life? it becomes more of that um, that mentorship aspect with using music still. Um, we have one teacher right now that um, his student uh, just turned 18, actually. And um, this teacher, he just blows me away all the time, but he um, was working with the student and asked him, he was driving him home from from a visit or something and had to stop at the grocery store. And whenever the kid um, came into the grocery store with him, True noticed, you know, that he was just, like, wide-eyed as if he had never really been in a grocery store before. And really talking with him realized that, oh, my goodness, this kid is – turning 18 and doesn't know how to grocery shop and he's about to be on his own. So true, um, being the amazing mentor that he is helped teach him how to grocery shop. You know, he would tell him that he would take him to the store, um, and tell him, okay, we have $10 this week and we have to make a meal. What are we going to shop for? Um, and really teaching him the budgeting and how to do that. And now he's working with them um, to get his driver's license. And, you know, so that's really what the point of our program is, is letting these kids know that they they have someone they can rely on in their life and they have someone that's rooting for them. Um, well, so and I'm sure it's so rewarding for the
2: mentors, like to be able to oh, yeah. change a child's life, and to see someone who didn't speak and be able to see them up on stage and shine mm-hmm. that way. That has to be just so rewarding for the mentors. Yeah, I know, because it's
1: it's funny actually. Now thinking back on it, whenever I was hired, and they had switched the model from paid to volunteer. We didn't think it would work, honestly. Um, We were afraid because in Austin and Central Texas, you know, musicians are not paid that much. Um, They aren't paid well and what they should. And we were afraid because we knew that we were going to be asking them to do something else for free. And you 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 never know know how that's going to work out. And it has been, it has just blown us away, really, to be able to see um, these mentors really gravitate towards our program. Um, a lot of them, really the the motivation behind it um, that I hear so often is that they were given this gift of music and the ability to pass it on to a kid. And not just any kid, a kid that has been through the horrific of the horrific, um, situations and um, being able to pass the gift of music on to them is just as life-changing for the teachers it is the students
2: yeah I would think so and I you know I grew up in I, I wasn't in a foster home but I was in band for eight years and people go oh you were a band geek I'm like well we weren't the geeks of the school but whatever but it changed <laughs> it changed my life and I was like I it still does. some of my best memories are those eight years of me being in the band like I mm-hmm. loved it Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's it's interesting that you were speaking about music earlier. And I know Mm -hmm. that I've recently saw a study that they said that music is the last thing that someone with Alzheimer's loses. And they Mm -hmm. say that if you have someone, you know, that is suffering from Alzheimer's, one of the best things you could do is play music that they listened to when they were younger. Yeah. It's so powerful. Music is just it's
1: one of those so things powerful. that yeah,
0: it is it absolutely how many mentors do you guys have?
1: We have a hundred and twenty mentors, okay, and all all of them are volunteer mm-hmm. um so we're mostly um one to one um a lot of it, as you mentioned earlier, like sibling groups, um right. a lot of our mentors will. If there's siblings, we have one that she teaches four sisters um, and is just amazing. Um, and so that's why our, our student population is a little higher than our mentors. Um, but it's pretty much one to one. And, you know, our students and our teachers on average stay together um, for oh, about nice. a year and nine, a year and nine months. Um, so almost two years at this point and which is really cool looking at the other statistics because in central Texas, the average time that a kid stays in foster care is 16 months. So our teachers are really staying with these kids at least at minimum the duration that they're in foster care on the average, um, we did, as I, I was mentioning a little bit of it earlier, we changed a few things in the past couple of years. And one of those really is also that we do not stop lessons once a kid exits foster care. Oh, okay. Um, so if a kid is in our program and they get adopted, or if they go to biological family or or um, they graduate from high school, as we were talking about, whatever aging out of foster care, um, we'll continue the lessons with them, you know, after really doing a lot of research into those transitions and talking with several of our adoptive families, um, it just blew me away how resources for these families stop. Once Uh a kid exits foster care, there's not really anything for them. And that transition is one of the toughest transitions besides them entering foster care. If you can only imagine, um, you know, whenever a kid is adopted, it's obviously a very joyous time, but it's also a little bit It's grieving. That kid goes through a second grieving process um, because it's final that this is their new family and they're not a part of their old family anymore. And we know the importance of music. And for me, it just felt completely contrary to what we do um, to just stop the lessons at that point. And so now we continue Um, And work with these kids that as they're going through these transitions as well.
2: Well, Especially if they're on a trajectory of something really good in their lives that is really positive, Mm -hmm. that they really enjoy. And it's like, you know, it's a lot of change anyway. So it's to have that one thing that's a constant and a steady where they really do enjoy it and look forward to it is, you know, That's awesome that you guys continue to do it and recognize that it's important to continue to do it for sure. Yeah, Laura, Laura, I
0: definitely want to go on record to say to everyone that your leadership and the board that is part of Kids in a New Groove, you guys are quite impressive you have not only set forth an amazing organization, you have thought about details that a lot of times get lost, where the concept, it's not just accomplishing one piece of the mission, you literally have put forth an organization that puts that child as the main focal point. It's not just accomplishing one piece. You take everything into account, and you do a full circle. And I really, really want to recognize that. Yeah, it's
2: all very thoughtful. Very
1: thoughtful. Yeah. And, you know, part of our mission and our vision, and this is really something that we've been looking at pretty closely this year as we're right now working on finalizing our strategic plan for the next three years. And, you know, that, is the forefront of all of our minds. It's how do we really set these kids up for success and what does success mean and what does it mean for our students and how do we fully wrap around that as, as you were saying. And we have some really amazing things lined up, you know, these past 10 years haven't been easy. A lot of it has been trial and error, but We have been so lucky. I have such an amazing board of directors and staff. I can tell. Um, Laura, I
0: can tell without you even speaking about them. I can just tell in their mm -hmm. thought process as you're putting it together. So kudos to all of you.
2: And it takes a village, right? Yes. (laughs) It's a group, yes. It's like we never do anything on our own. That's right. We surround ourselves with amazing people to help (laughs) lift each other up and get to the goal. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. It it truly takes a village and especially, you know, the city of Austin is a very different city in a lot of ways. You know, we have the keep often weird theme, but also, you know, it's a community here and that's why I still live here and why I love it and why. I Austin, was such Austin is like a
0: hot place. City. I even know that over on the East Coast. I mean, you know, so yeah. So you guys are... Austin is my
2: favorite place in Texas. I'm like, it's like not being in Texas. That's what I always say. <laughs> it is. It is so awesome.
1: in every aspect. <laughs> yeah. But, you yeah. know, the, the community really wraps around this and they recognize um, the importance and of working and helping these kids. I read, I was reading, um, a research project that, um, someone out of, I can't remember her name at the top of my head, but the university of Penn or UPenn, UPenn. Mm-hmm. um, she is working on a research project and every year there are 26,000 kids in the United States that age out of foster care. And on average, each of those kids costs um the community and the society three hundred thousand dollars a year get out and so if you think about that that's eight billion dollars oh. every single year that the comu- the society that we are spending on kids because we don't have preventative services to help them before they age out of care you you and, have to you, know, you have
0: to send me the link to that because i want to put it in I the will. in the podcast notes so yeah keep going laura
1: yeah, she's, she's amazing and working on some really crucial research um, for, for kids in foster care in that transition. But, you know, that, that amount, $8 billion per year, that really stuck that with great. me. Yep. And it's crazy. And a lot of that can be prevented. And, you know, programs like Kids in the Groove help to reduce those costs. We give these kids options. We give them careers. We give them career ideas. Um, one thing we didn't talk about. Um, we also do workshops for our students. Oh yeah, tell us. Um, and so we'll offer them different. Um, like for example, a couple of months ago, we gave a one of our um, radio partners here in town, to ACL Radio. We were able to take um, our students to the radio station. And give them a behind-the-scenes tour, and really the purpose of that, you know, it's it's cool to be able to record yourself on a PSA and see what it works or looks like, but also really the purpose is to open their eyes to different career opportunities um, in in the music industry or music-related um, fields, and so we do things like that, you know, with that. Um, we had different um different staff members talk to our kids and tell them how they got started working there and you know that was um such an eye-opening thing for several of our kids and well, one one girl sh- she's 11 years old and that was at the end of it that was her comment was like i didn't know that i could get paid uh-huh. for my love of music you know like that's Something that we want to recognize and get get them excited about. Well, um, well, look at what you're get, doing. Get going.
0: You're exposing children to something that you know. Me and Tonda have said this before. You you only know what you know, right? You don't even know mm-hmm. what you don't know. So whatever mm-hmm. your environment or whatever your reality is. That's what, you know, that's actually like one of the reasons why Tonda and I wanted to do a podcast, because we get to meet people like you to hear these stories yeah. and it enlightens us. It opens yeah, our minds and it alerts Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with these kids. These kids are getting Mm -hmm. exposed to where they would have never had the opportunity to understand what happens at a radio station or how somebody even gets a job at a radio station or, you know, Mm -hmm. any of that. So, yeah, you guys, obviously, the music is one part. The confidence is another part. The life skills is another part. There's so many kind of spokes in the wheel that is all Mm -hmm. happening at the same time, right? It's all coming Mm -hmm. together. It's all positive, right? I mean, it really,
2: it's all so positive for all those children and, and being able to have that influence and that positivity so early in their life. I mean, some probably are not as young as others, but, you know, uh, we talked about that before when we had uh, Dana, who's with uh, Lead to Success. That's a board that I sat on and we recently, Mm -hmm. and with with um, Tanisha, too, where some of these programs that were adult programs are now looking at how to reach teenage girls in what we do, right? Or teenagers, period. But the younger that you can influence them, the better, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Laura, you mentioned Austin, and I actually had a a question about the city of Austin. So I saw online Mm -hmm. that there was actually a new Groove Day in austin a couple years ago <gasps> tell me about that
1: yeah we do it it's every may 1st oh cool um, it's, I'm gonna it's come. Groove day. so it's yeah, every single it's... year so every year you actually yeah. have a
0: day okay yeah tell us we I should come. Hear yeah i know we're going it's... to austin tonda may 1st, and then yeah.
1: may 1st. <laughs> i'd love to we always do a big party it, um, so why we picked May first? That seems like a very odd, random day, but it's actually not. Um, as you can imagine, it's strategic. Tell us, <laughs> um, yeah. So the the month of May is National Foster Care Awareness ah. Month, um, and so we do. We started three years ago a campaign that coincides with Foster Care Awareness Month. And we call it Foster the Music. Ah. Um, And with that, we really amp up our community and raise our own visibility, working with different partners um, and musicians in town and really letting the community know. You know, like, like you just said, you only know what you know. Right. And my goal with Kids in a New Groove is, you know, on one half, changing these kids lives obviously and wrapping around them through our music mentors. From the other side of it, my job as executive director is really letting the community know what we're doing, letting the community know that these kids are, are our future. And if we don't work with them now, then they're going to be that, that $8 billion that we're paying every year and so, you know, that's what our May Foster the Music Month is, is getting the community excited about our mission and what we're doing and how we're changing the lives of not only our kids, but really the future of Austin and Central Texas as You're well. Correct.
0: You're correct. Well, and
1: Austin's a great city to do it, right? It's like going doing
2: it in Nashville, Austin, San Antonio, mm-hmm. like all oh, those are such music cities. So it makes sense and it kind of go goes along with what people know the city for.
1: Absolutely, and we, you know, I attribute the city of Austin to why we were successful in the beginning. We have some really awesome plans for a- expansion, but you know, I don't know. You know, you, I mean, you never know. But um, I think that the music community and the music culture here in Austin has really helped us um, getting our feet wet and figuring out what works for our program and what doesn't work and really, really has been such a welcoming, welcoming city to, to our mission.
2: Yeah. That's wonderful. So do you have plans to, is the goal to take it into other cities?
1: Yeah. So we are working right now um, in the next three years. So um, really expanding throughout central Texas. Great. We looked at um, We had looked at previously expanding into other cities more rapidly, but I, along with the board, you know, looking at it, we want to make sure that we are able to extend the same quality of our program as we're expanding. And every city is so different, uh, as we were just saying, especially with the music culture the foster care culture, everything. There's so many different running components to it. Sometimes it's hard to replicate. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we're doing it correctly. And so we are slowly moving along. We call it in central Texas, the 35 line, 35 is the main highway that runs from Dallas to San Antonio. Um, And so we're, Using using that the highway lanes to to help us out with our expansion <laughs> here, um, and so in next year we're focusing. There's a town that's about 30, 45 minutes south of Austin called San Marcos, and um, it's about halfway from Austin to San Antonio. And so next year, that we've identified that city as one of our main um main targeted areas for growth and with that really you know i we we look at the foster care population and what amazed me about san marcos is in one year they went from at the end of august 2018 they had 21 kids that were in foster care in the city of san marcos and flash forward to this past August thirty first, they had a hundred and twenty eight. Oh
0: wow! They grew
1: oh. in one year six times that oh, population wow. of the foster care population. And there's you know a lot of contributing factors to that as people are moving out of the city into more suburbs, but that just to me that's that statistic that number blew me away and it just showed me that our program we we need to get to that city and really really be able to offer these kids something that is not offered um in san marcos and so i'm really really excited about that next year and being able to figure out the ins and outs of how how that city works and how we can best best support them and the foster care community there
0: and that's great. Yeah, well, we
2: yeah. look forward to, you know, keeping in touch about your journey and and uh, giving an update here and there about what's going on with, you know, Kids in a New Groove for everyone that's listening to hear.
0: Yeah, and Laura, Thank is, there, you. is there a way, is there anything that our listeners can do to help Kids in a New Groove? Like, what would be, you know, a way that everybody can help you?
1: Or, or connect with you. Yeah, so if um, listeners, you can go to our website and find out different ways to get involved. If you live in the Central Texas area, we're always looking for volunteers for different events or music mentors, instrument donations. Um, As I mentioned earlier, it costs $1,700 per kid um, to put through our program. And so, you know, financial donations also always help, of course. Um, and then, you know, spreading the word, really, um, for anyone that's outside of our service area right now, um, that that's the most important thing to me right now. I want people to recognize the importance of our mission and the importance of our goal and the importance of communities wrapping around youth and foster care and really helping them be successful and, you know, no, no pun intended, but helping them find that groove through life. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it, um, the community and you guys and you listeners are, are the reason why we're able to help these kids. And I am really excited to partner with different people and really bringing our mission nationwide and letting people know Um, know that we exist in the important work that we're doing Yeah, I think
0: I think that's a very important piece, Laura, that not only your organization, but the awareness of understanding kids in foster care as a whole, Mm -hmm. right? So I think Mm -hmm. you're correct. I think bringing awareness to all of that and, and, you know, for everybody out there, you know, I've been following them on Twitter and I've been, you know, kind of paying attention on YouTube and Mm -hmm. different things you're posting. For everybody, take Mm -hmm. a look. It, it's good, mm-hmm. inspiring, motivating, informational things happening out there. And it's good for everyone in the world right now mm-hmm. to follow and see that Absolutely. and watch that and support it. So, totally yeah, the Instagram great. And, uh,
2: postings on Instagram, some of the kids, they're just so hey, cute. great,
0: right? <laughs> I
1: know. We have some of the cutest kids. And sure. that really goes with our brand. Our brand is positive. You know, we see way too many sad stories about what these kids have been through and our mission and our brand and our voice and is for these kids to be shown in a positive light, you know, they're kids and they deserve to be kids and it's our job to, to display and show them that way as well. So it's follow us on social media and kids in a new groove um, on Facebook and Instagram and we're kids groove on Twitter and um get to know us and the great work that we're doing here in Central Texas.
0: Woohoo. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, Laura, Tonda and I are thrilled that you joined us today. You are doing amazing Thanks. things, you and the board and your team and and kudos to all of the kids out there. I just you know, wish them nothing but the best of luck. And I thank you for all of your efforts that you and your team are doing. You're making a huge difference in their lives and the world as a whole. So we really thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today. And I'll, yes, I'll let
2: y'all nice. go ahead,
0: Tonda. You got it.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for your time. And I love your heart. And I know that it's always we always have a why. And I heard you say it's your passion. So, you know, I can tell by the way you talk about it. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, what your vision is for the future. And, you know, each story that you you told is just so important. So we really appreciate you being on here. And, you know, to all of our listeners, it's like what I always say every week, we are better together. And, Uh, I saw this quote that said, she's a good woman trying to be a better woman while helping and inspiring Mm. the next woman. And I love that quote. And I was like, that is what we like, right? We want positivity Mm -hmm. for us to all work together. We are better together. So I wish everyone a very positive and productive week. And until we come back again, you know, have a great day. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Positively Charged Biz. I'm Tonda Hall. And
0: I'm Laura Brandeo.
2: We are here to motivate, inspire, and support our listeners as they write their life stories. Stay inspired. If you have an inspiring story, please reach out to us at inspired at positivelycharged.biz. And connect to us on Facebook at Positively Charged and follow us on Twitter at biz. Charged at B-I-Z-C-H-A-R-G-E-D.